Welcome to the show. As you know, in the Explosion Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast, we're all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. And this episode is all about the future of e-commerce SEO. I'm very excited to be joined today by someone who legitimately has a pretty fair claim on actually shaping the future of e-commerce SEO, given his new role as Director of SEO at Shopify. So Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. It's fantastic to be on. It's my honor. Um, firstly, how are you settling into the new role? It's huge. Yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun, to be honest. I love every day. It, it's just, it's there's vast opportunity out there and tons of talented people. Obviously, a brand that is um, strong and it's getting stronger by the day. Mm. So I couldn't be more excited. I'm, I'm really loving it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm slowly feeling ground under my feet. You know, there's this ramp up time where you just have to understand how things work, who to go to for what kind of issue. And then you you start learning how to walk. And then of course you're not able to sprint yet or to, you know, be fully effective, but at least now I can like walk by myself without needing handholding all the time. Yeah, sure. So director of SEO at Shopify, I mean, huge platform, great time of, of their growth and, and huge opportunity. Also comes at an amazing time for e-commerce as a whole. Um, what are the main, like, what's the main remit of the role and what are the main things that you're going to be focusing on over the next year or so? Yeah, so I'm leading a large team of SEOs. We're um, about 20 people and we're hiring more. So we're growing this out. And um, we're basically, our main job is to bring more merchants to Shopify, to help more merchants find Shopify and, and come on board and be happy with it, of course, as well. So a part of our job is also to help products see the opportunities when it comes to SEO features of the platform. Mm -hmm. But our main focus is really to just, you know, bring more um, qualified traffic and merchants to Shopify. Now, my area of responsibility is pretty broad, um, meaning I am um, running the teams, I'm building the machine. That's what I've been focused on uh, the first couple of months is just to make sure that, you know, team structure is optimal. We're we have what we need to make the best decisions. We're thinking about things the right way. We have the right priorities, the right goals, all this kind of stuff takes time, mm -hmm. but is super important for the long term. And then hiring is always top of mind. Um, and um, of course, painting a vision and seeing, you know, where's the biggest opportunity from a tactical perspective, from a technical perspective and from a geographical perspective as well. So it's really like setting, you know, setting up all the basics and uh, getting everything going and then starting to zoom in more into the tactical things uh, and see how I can help and assist the team. Um, but to be honest, you know, I have a ton of talented people. Um, they do fantastic work. And my main job is to enable them to help them uh, and see how I can support them. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've got a a lot of listeners and, and viewers on YouTube who um, who are Shopify uh, users or Shopify considerers, so um, they'll be very glad to know that we're going to get stuck into some Shopify-specific uh, stuff later on. Um, maybe before we get started in looking at e-commerce SEO more generally, director of SEO at Shopify, you didn't wake up and, and be given that opportunity. So for those who, who don't know you, um, what's your what's your background in SEO? And, uh, and what is it that you love so much about SEO as well? 
Oh, there's so much to love about SEO. <laughs> um, but to, to start with my background really quick, um, I joined Shopify in December. So I'm, I'm brand new to the, to the company. Before Shopify, I was VP of SEO and content at a company called G2, which is a B2B software marketplace. Um, before that, I was uh, at Atlassian, where I started as head of technical SEO and then um, took over SEO and a couple of other inbound channels. So I was there for a couple of years. Um, before that, at Dailymotion, uh, which is a YouTube competitor. And before that, I had a, um, a couple of years um, on the agency and consulting side where I learned a lot, but also, uh, you know, kind of paid my dues. I think everybody has this kind of time where they uh, uh, do a couple of years of agency work and uh, learn what that side is, which is also very, very um, valuable and helpful. I was originally born and raised in Germany. I came over to the U.S. about six years ago. Uh, my father is American. My mom is German, so I'm a dual citizen. Um, and I have been living in the San Francisco Bay Area for most of these six years and just very recently relocated to Chicago. Um, um, and uh, that was predominantly for G2, but uh, now that we can all work from home anyway, uh, definitely, you know, I'm probably thinking about staying here for a while. So it's just a little bit about me. Um, I've been so I've been in this space for gosh, must be but over 10 years now. Um, and uh, I also have a, a blog, which is kevin-link.com, where I write a lot, have a, a free uh, weekly email or newsletter, if you will. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm also trying to, to, to bring the things that I learn uh, more back to the, SEO, to the SEO community because mm -hmm. that's what I got when I first started out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you see yourself as like the, the Shopify John Mueller? <laughs> <laughs> Please be that. We need someone like that <laughs> from one of the big platforms. Well, it's, I think it's, it's worth for others to decide. You know, I also have Jackson Lowe on my team, for example, who has been a strong voice for Shopify yeah. um, way before I joined. So I think we definitely want to, on a serious note, I think there is some truth to it. We want to be advocates for Shopify SEO because we take it super seriously. Mm. And we like all the feedback that we get from the community. And we'd like to bring that to the product team and also vice versa to help under, uh, the SEO community understand, you know, what's possible, what they should consider and what new features are coming out. I think this is going to be a really interesting year, to be honest, when it comes to SEO features for Shopify. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, there's just one John Mueller out there, um, <laughs> but maybe we can, you know, uh, uh, just inform both sides um, a bit better and be some sort of a bridge. Sounds really good. Sounds really good. So I can't wait to get stuck into the Shopify specific stuff. Um, just to touch on e-commerce SEO, first of all, though, obviously e-commerce SEO brings its own set of challenges to us as SEOs or to, to marketing managers who are thinking of SEOs, whether it's, you know, trying to rank product pages that might not have much content or trying to shoehorn content onto category pages to get them ranking, trying to integrate the content section of the site and the shop section, which can often feel quite separate. Um, as as someone with the extensive background that you have, for e-commerce store owners that are listening, what are the most common opportunities for growth that you tend to to spot? You know, typical sites sent to you, whether it's Shopify or not. What are the first things that you go to and say, look, you probably need to do some of this? Yeah, that's a really good question. I try, you know, I think there's like a a uh, set of principles that I look after uh, whatever site I'm looking for. And so first, I'm trying to understand, is there a clear direction of optimization? You know, does that site 
or that business know what they're going after? Mm. Are they just, you know, uh, doing some things not with SEO in mind, but see a little bit of an SEO benefit? So I'm trying to understand where they come from and how they're doing against their goals. So that's the first step. And there's often already a lot to, to I don't want to say improve, but a lot to, uh, to consider there. So it starts with simple basics like keywords, what are the target keywords? How are you doing? How is traffic growing? I mean, specifically organic traffic. How is brand traffic and non-brand traffic growing? So mm. we talk about things or principles. That's the first one that I'm looking after. Um, and both, I think, are important. Both should grow, but we have to dif differentiate uh, because uh, brand traffic can grow from for many reasons, uh, also many non-SEO reasons. And uh, non-brand traffic, on the other hand, is a very clear uh, SEO situation. So that's the first uh, first thing that I'm looking after. Um, second is very simple basics like title optimization, um, content. Uh, is a content built with user intent in mind? Is content helpful? Um, I'm also looking at things like design and look and feel, uh, mm -hmm. which I think are becoming more important, are also very fuzzy. Um, and then I'm off a quickly venture into competitor comparison, which doesn't always have to be the actual business competitors, but more, what are the sites and the results that this specific site I'm looking at is competing against, where they're coming short, and um, then I venture into more technical details, stuff like internal linking, um, things like uh, crawl rates, uh, can, the, can Google render the site specifically? So then it, it very quickly becomes technical, but I always start with a very high level, simple view. What is the site doing? What are they trying to achieve? And how are they doing against that? And, I can tell you straight off the bat, like 80% of sites on the internet probably have to, to work on their basics. And I think only a small portion actually has to go super deep into some very technical SEO problems. I, th I think that's a really good point. There can be a tendency to dismiss when you start talking about what are the goals of SEO and a business owner or marketing manager listening thinks, well, more money. Uh, you know, obviously I want more sales, like goals next. But actually... Uh, we, we'd, we'd have a similar experience to you where once you start drilling down into, okay, let's, let's really understand your, your target customer. Let's understand the specific pain points. Let's understand what exactly motivates them to buy the sorts of content they need at different buyer journeys. Actually, you realize that there is very little foundation in that area at all. And they've gone straight to keyword research or let's just try and get this page ranked for red shoes or, or something like that. So I think there's a very attempting tendency to just dismiss goals and what are they trying to achieve as well, more money, obviously, duh, when there's actually a lot more to that, which which kind of helps us and gets us set up in the right way to begin with. Absolutely. There's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it might come across as a, as a cop-out answer, but you cannot ever do the basics well enough. Um, and there's a certain beauty in that as well, you know, and you find that principle embraced in all sorts of areas in life, right? Like I, I'm very much into fitness and there's the same thing. If you don't have a strong foundation, a, a good basis, then uh, everything fancy that you do on top of that won't get you far. And it's, it's the same, you, you find that everywhere in life. And it comes back to this uh, Pareto principle uh, or power laws where doing like a, focusing on a small set of basics brings the biggest results or has the biggest impact. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, even to this day, uh, uh, I still 
look at the basics first and I still always find a little something that we can do differently or a little something that we can do better. Mm. So, um, yeah, totally aligned with that. I want to ask you about some of the, um, the future of search or, or, or like trends that are picking up because often these can attract a lot of attention. Um, I mean, each of these trends, I guess there's two questions. Where do you see the potential with this thing going? And also how well prepared do you think store owners are for the, this trend? So obviously something that, that people have been talking a lot about for the last, I don't know, three years and predicting that this is the year is voice search. Um, for e-commerce, it feels like the, the voice application hasn't, the, the killer voice application hasn't really arrived. But obviously in the role you're at now, voice search is something that you have to be mindful of. So, I mean, where do you see the potential of voice search for e-commerce? And is there anything that you think e-commerce store owners need to be doing in 2021 to prepare themselves for a reality where voice search is an important traffic driver for e-com? It's a good question. I think the, the potential for voice search is huge. The um, reality is that the, the impact is still very, very low. And I would probably prioritize it at the very bottom of my list right now when, when I look at broad marketing channels. What I noticed lately is that my, my Alexa, my Amazon Alexa, I you know, have one, uh, guilty of that, uh, but uh, it, it keeps asking me if I maybe want to purchase a product that I keep purchasing regularly during that time. Mm. So now we're starting to see something. I think that is very interesting and actually helpful. I actually did that and it worked out, it worked out great. However, I think that, that doesn't apply really to shop owners at all. And I think we're still years away from a reality where customers actually ask their Google Home or, or Apple Pod or whatever device they use um, to buy them a certain product and for that to be integrated into the broader shop ecosystem. So we see these spearhead efforts from like Amazon and, and maybe from Google as well. Um, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I think that it will take a while until we get to this place where voice really plays a role. So um, I probably wouldn't put too many... Um, uh, too much attention to that just right now. It's mm. kind of fun to to follow, but uh, as if I was a merchant, I probably wouldn't pay too much attention to it. I think the biggest opportunities right now for merchants are still in SEO, in Google Ads, in Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, maybe Snapchat. You know these kind of channels, especially direct response. And there is a lot of interesting stuff happening. So I have to be, you know, uh, as somebody who has made a living off of SEO, I also have to be, uh, you know, fair and rational and say that a lot of paid channels are still fantastic opportunities for merchants. And there's a lot of movement. So on TikTok, for example, we just recently released a functionality that allows you to integrate your store with TikTok and Instagram, of course, as well. And you can directly sell products on these platforms without users having to leave these applications. Mm. So we're investing a lot in just making merchants more successful on these platforms, uh, which is going to be a big game changer. And uh, I think that's where you see an immediate response of investment. And then SDO is, of course, it's still the most scalable, most cost efficient and effective channel out there. Um, and so if I was a merchant, I would, I would run a tandem, right? I would mm. make sure that I get immediate customers and build my brand on these platforms, but also invest over time more into SEO. I know that 
kind of exploring into headless commerce has been something that, that Shopify is being quite known for and integrating with like Facebook and Instagram shops and stuff like that. And you mentioned TikTok as well. We also see product listings appearing under YouTube. Uh, do you see that, um, that, that, that actually, I mean, what, what strikes me is that a lot of SEO is primarily focused on text search and we're not particularly well set up as an industry to optimize for non-text search, whereas these social channels, you know, if Instagram put a shop button at the bottom of the app and you could order products by, you know, which of your, which of the people you follow wears them or uses them or whatever, all of a sudden Instagram is a huge SEO play for us. Do you see something like that happening? Is that one of the reasons why Shopify is putting so much attention into integrating with these social platforms? Yeah, you know, th that is certainly part of it. Um, and at the same time, we're just very aware of what the biggest opportunities for merchants are. And we know that, you know, um, that a major milestone or hurdle for merchants to get over is the first sale. Mm. And so mm. we want to shorten the time to first sale as much as possible. And we want to take all channels into consideration. And there are some, there are many platforms that we collaborate with. Um, I would say most of the big platforms out there and they all work in tandem, right? So that's the interesting part where it's, I think, especially in e-commerce, just focusing too much on one channel can, can be a bit risky. Uh, and instead I would at least have follow a so-called barbell strategy or a tandem strategy uh, or maybe investing in two or three or four channels at the same time. And I think it's actually it's actually a very, very exciting time right now Not for a couple of reasons, right? Of course, the tragic event that is uh, COVID and the pandemic that it brought with it. Also, at the same time, catapults industries like e-commerce 10 years into the future, mm. if not more. Mm. But on the other hand, you also see a, a diversification again of different platforms. There was a long time where it was just really... Google and Facebook, and now um, e-commerce, you know, you see uh, TikTok, uh, you see Instagram really becoming important. You see YouTube making strides into that direction. Um, and then, in, in, you know, we can talk a bit more about just the future of e-commerce uh, and how Asia or Asian countries are playing a role into that. Uh, but you just see this diversification of channels again and different ways to get people's attention. You could even mention something like a Clubhouse or Twitter, which is evolving a lot maybe even the Substack, which is a bit further removed from e-commerce, but just another channel to get people's attention. So we see a lot more movement, which is exciting. And when we come back to SEO, um, there's of course the aspect of these platforms and how much organic traffic they get, which you can then address when you're present on these platforms. Then there is the whole factor of, of brand building and brand building often goes hand in hand with um, backlinks um, and just returning visitors. So. It, there are a lot of meta factors when, it, when, we, when we think about these platforms and how they impact SEO, but I think they're all important and you cannot really allow yourself to focus too much um, on one channel or put too many of your eggs in one basket as an e-commerce player today. It feels like the e-commerce marketing manager has had a relatively small area of focus over the last, say, five or so years where they, like you say, they really could focus on you know, text-based search or they could focus on um, paid social or something like that. And as opportunities to buy pop up on all these different networks, the nature of 
you know the nature of e-commerce marketing is going to change and our job as seos we might be optimizing for different types of platforms that aren't just you know writing a long form post to target informational searches and optimizing product pages to rank for commercial searches we might be having to optimize for a an image first search engine on whatever pinterest or something where you're looking to buy so this feels like a really exciting threshold time where all of our jobs are going to become a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, harder and easier at the same time. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of these ambiguous topics that I recently wrote about where both is true at the same time. It's harder and it's easier. We have more playground to play on. And at the same time, the game becomes a bit harder. Mm. I think, you know, a, a bit more variety and choice is always is always more interesting because you have more um, uh, ways to pivot into, right? You mentioned Pinterest, which is also a huge factor, huge platform, very important also for e-commerce. And there is a differentiation that has to be made between where can I sell directly and where can I build my audience and my brand? And that's what gets me, honestly, like it really gets me pumped up and excited because you, we have a lot of, we see the, the merchants out there in the stores that are on Shopify. We see what kind of businesses they create and it's just mind blowing. You have like, you have this whole range of some people selling candles, others selling handmade toys, others making these posters. And there's like so much out there. And me as a marketer, I look at that and I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many amazing ways to build an audience and, and leverage, you know, platforms like social media, like YouTube, like SEO to 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 build more than just a landing page where people buy products immediately, mm. like to build more meat around that, to build some real personality, something memorable and recognizable. You mentioned um, right at the start and then again, the kind of impact of, of branded search and obviously Gymshark being a real Shopify poster child for, for for what's possible with the platform. It's been really interesting to see how how their organic visibility has increased over time. And they've been one of the kind of counter arguments to the historic thing that, you know, it's difficult to rank with Shopify or something. Well, if you put Gymshark into SEMrush, you'll see actually that there's a lot of potential. There's a question about how much of that has been driven by branded search. But f from your perspective and, and seeing all the merchants that you do, is, it, is there a future for e-commerce sites? Or let me rephrase, what does the future look like for e-commerce sites that don't have a large proportion of branded search? I'm thinking, for example, of you get a lot of... Um, drop shipping stores that build on Shopify because of the nice integration with with various backends and stuff and they often struggle to 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 get visibility and, and and to get ranking in particular like what does the future look like for that is that going to be a game that's going to become harder to play do they have to follow a brand first strategy well i think it goes hand in hand i think search as a whole is getting a bit more complex and let's not forget that search organic search mostly, well, actually also paid search, is a zero-sum game, right? There are 10 mm -hmm. positions, and the, the the one ranking at the top still gets the majority of clicks. That's a harsh reality, and that means not everybody can uh, go after a keyword space like um, uh, athletic clothes or athletic wear or men's sneakers, right? These super competitive keywords. But reality is also that search has always been in an environment with a very long tail. Mm. Meaning that if you find your niche, there is gold to be dug up. And that's why I think both is true at the same time. Again, I'm sorry to, to give you these kind of ambiguous answers, but yeah. I think it's getting harder. I think brand traffic is becoming more important. And at the same time, there will always be 
a place for dropshippers or any type of other merchants who wants to go after a niche. And so when I look at a lot of the stores, I think um, they might not, I think there's still room to carve out a specific niche and then go after these keywords, which, which is also much easier to rank for. Um, then when it comes to specific SEO tactics, I think um, speed is probably something that will gain mm -hmm. more awareness. We all know that Google will um, factor in poor web vitals as a ranking signal, which by the way, I think is not going to be as impactful as a lot of people might. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's going to be, we, we saw this before from other page experience metrics like SSL encryption, hmm. page speed or mobile friendliness. They have a small impact and that is important when two pages compete for the same spot and they're almost equal in strength that's when these signals become really important um but uh, i think speed will, has always been important from a conversion perspective and now that we have core web uh, um, vitals i hope that merchants get a bigger awareness for speed just in general and will optimize their stores for that and there's there are a couple of things that you can do from the choice of your theme to how you compress images and uh, how you go images uh, how you go about images in general I think there's a lot of growth to be had in image search. And to mm -hmm. me, this is a very under um, represented field where you want to have, you want to make sure you have exclusive shots of your products, high quality from many different angles. They all have an alt tag that will not only help you rank in Google image search, but also when you bring it over to something like a Pinterest or use these shots on your, on your social media. So that's something where you invest once and you can use it across several different ways. Um, I also think that content in general has always been important and will be easier to add to your uh, different pages. So uh, category content, that's one thing. Better product descriptions. It's like Product descriptions and product page content is so um, so undervalued right now. I think it's uh, too many merchants are not investing enough into that. So yeah. there's a lot to be had. Even simple things like FAQ. Uh, mm -hmm. Using FAQ schema and, and having FAQ on your product pages at all, huge game changer, like major. Um, and then uh, lastly, I think there's also something to be said about buyer's guides. That's something that is also not new at all, but has proven itself since the last, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years <laughs> to work, you know, to always work pretty efficiently. So, um, you know, the evolution or the maturity stages of emergent, um, I think... Once the basics are set up, if, if I was a merchant, the next step that I would take is to create really extensive buyer guides that help visitors make the right choice, which in, in best case is, of course, my store. So, um, you know, when, when we talk about just SEO as a channel, there's still a ton to be done, mm -hmm. even though the game gets harder. And the things that you're talking about, you know, adding category page content, beefing up product pages and adding better product descriptions, FAQs, schema and buyer's guides, long form content, targeting informational and kind of moving into transactional terms. These are the things we were talking about in 2012. Like you said, before we get too in depth with heavy technical SEO, it's just addressing the basics, isn't it? We're, we're still here. Not that much has changed. Yeah, not that much has changed. That's, that's why I said in the beginning, the basics are so valuable. And reality is also that there is a, a good question is why are we still here? Um, and I think in part, that's what we at Shopify pay a lot of attention to is like, how can we make it easier for merchants out of the box to not have to be SEO experts, but just have like an, a, a shop that's as optimized as can be um, without 
you know, uh, that's, that's what is almost intuitive or uh, part of the onboarding experience to optimize your store with these kind of things. So we do want to take our responsibility as Shopify for that as well. We don't just want to say, well, everybody's stupid. They can't do the basics, right? You know, we have to ask ourselves, where is our responsibility and how can we make that easier? And that's mm. something that we do. All right, I've got some questions about Shopify and SEO um, on behalf of our, our followers and, and, and people. Just for context, as an agency, we've always viewed Shopify as a you know fantastic, a fantastic e-com platform, but SEO was always considered the trade-off that you'd make in order to get the simplicity and the usability of Shopify. Um, and obviously there's been some various well-published limitations around SEO, but that was the price that you agreed to pay in order for the ease of use. From your perspective, or from Shopify's perspective, obviously there's a very understandable trade-off between we want to give our users access to everything, go and edit robots, go and you know play with category pages that are you know automatically created and stuff, versus we don't want you to go and screw up the basics. We don't want to firstly add in loads of complexity into a platform because then we use our lose our USP and also. We don't want to give you so much freedom that you end up blowing things up and, and you know, fixing it irreparably. Now that you're director of SEO, you kind of get to set that balance, don't you? Um, it's a tough one. How do, you, how do you work out how much flexibility to give merchants versus keeping things simple enough and is this something that will change over time as merchants become more tech savvy are there are there things that you're looking at giving merchants more control over for an, from an seo perspective i like the way you phrase that question because it also already implies one of the major challenges with that so first i want to clearly say that we have a list of asks and feature requests and we are working on implementing a lot of things um, so I think this year will be really, really interesting. Um, and, uh, there will probably be several moments where we have some really cool stuff to announce. Oh, um, can you give us any exclusives? Can't give me <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. Let's just say, let's, let's just say we have the, the most important or most requested things, um, on our roadmap. Awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, as in general, it, it is important to understand that there is a balance and you're absolutely right. Shopify should be a product that is accessible to anybody who's not technical, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that we in SEO or we in marketing and technical marketing, we're a very small group and we're an important group because I would argue that many SEOs help several shops to be successful. So we take that very seriously. And at the same time, there's this vast number, probably millions of people who have an offline business that they're thinking about taking online mm. or who are very savvy in one craft, but have no idea about marketing or, or uh, CMS or platforms, anything like that. So it is very true that we want to make sure that we don't make Shopify a product that is too technical. Mm. And at the same time, we do want to expand the functionality for sure. So, and the thing is me as director of SEO, I certainly have one angle that I'm pushing forward there. But you're absolutely right. It's a product. It's a decision that we have to make in the product organization as a whole. Um, and and yet we are very aware of of where we have potential um, and that we want to do something about that. We also are, for example, very aware of our competition uh, and what's coming towards us there. So we do want to. We are making changes, 
Um, and we do want, I think there, we do also think that there is a good middle ground to be had yeah. between something that's too complicated and that's easy enough for everybody. So um, we're working on that. You know, I think we're very confident in, in being able to create a product like that. And uh, again, this is the year is very young. Uh, it's March now. So um, yeah, I wish I could give you a bit more specifics, but uh, let's, let's see what's coming. For the record, I actually think Shopify has historically had a pretty good balance between, um, you know, we, we've seen, obviously, we build sites for clients and, and they often have a huge amount of functionality available to them, often in WordPress or whether it's WooCommerce or something like that. And we've seen how easy it is for someone who doesn't necessarily have that expertise to completely screw things up so it's it's i think it's it's very um it's very narrow-sighted of people who just like plow into you know it has technically it has seo limitations of course it does that's that's actually a feature of the product um what what are the you know from your perspective what are some of the most common requested seo limitations or or when let me ask you another question when you join the role what are the things that you're like i really i really want to get this signed out you're able to share any of those (laughs) yeah i mean again like i think um the the actual seo features in the product is more of a smaller scope in my role and there's tons of things where i where i came in and was like oh man there's so much potential to grow just getting new merchants to shopify but some of the most requested features um are uh, robots.txt um, or editing robots.txt and functionality, um, customizable URLs, making sure that duplicate content, there's some duplicate content that's being created uh, by default. We're going to move, remove that. Um, Is that from the automatic there... category pages that are created? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think even though there is some, we're trying to solve a lot of that with a canonical tag, um, there's still just a couple of pages that are spun up that, that you know, um, that Google crawls. And so we just want to reduce that bloat. Uh, that is important for us. Um, speed and core web vitals is also something that we constantly have on the radar. And uh, I wish I could show kind of everybody on the outside how that degree of fidelity that we have mm. uh, about knowing what themes and what constellations result and how much speed and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, we don't want to throw anybody in our um, ecosystem under the bus, any app developer or theme developer. Yeah. This is another challenge that you have to juggle is you, of course, want to expand the functionality of the product, but you don't want to kill an app where people might make a living from that or invest a ton of um, hours, sweat, and tears into yeah. building that app, and then we just bring it out of the box. So we're very mindful of our uh, ecosystem as well, and they all go hand in hand, of course. Um, but these are some of the most requested features. And there's there's a long list, uh, and we're going to work our way uh, through it step by step and, of course, start with the most impactful thing. Well, it sounds like there's a yeah very bright future for for Shopify SEO. Um, got a few more questions before uh, before I let you go. But Core sure. Web Vitals, you mentioned it earlier. Obviously, there's a lot of chatter at the moment now that we're a couple of months out. Huge number of sites are nowhere near Core Web Vitals ready, and it looks like we're going to meet the uh, the May deadline. And it's going to be one of those where a lot of merchants don't really know that it's happened. Um, how big do you see it being and how much of a focus is it for you at Shopify? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting um, because I looked into how previous page experience metrics of which core web vitals are just three numbers out of, I think it's like eight or uh, don't quote me, it's like six, seven, eight, something, something mm-hmm. around that. Um, how much of an impact they had? And the answer is it was relatively small. Um, and um, the, the challenge that this brings people into 
is that you cannot make a case of its importance before it's rolled out. And at the same time, you might be too late uh, and then face severe consequences. So mm. it's a bit of a juggling act. Um, I think that, um, especially in the beginning, um, the ranking signal might be weighed a bit lower simply because, as you mentioned correctly, there's so many sites that are not doing so hot. So let's see what the actual impact is. I think um, anything in terms of badges might actually have a much, much stronger impact. And so I'm, I'm thinking specifically about a... Um, uh, good user experience or page experience batch, and mm. that has an impact, right? Like similar mm. to HTTPS or SSL encryption, uh, those kind of things being surfaced in your browser or in the search results, that will definitely uh, tip the decision of users to click or not. So that's going to be very interesting. There's also a mobile first index or mobile only index that's about to roll out. I'm also very curious what that looks like. I think the implications could be maybe even more severe than the ones of core web vitals because mm. even fewer sites are optimized uh, for a great mobile experience. There's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very big gray area to understand how severe some of the problems are, like your elements, your clickable elements are too close together. Okay, how much, you know, how is that going to be evaluated? How big of a problem is that? Whereas we know that having a disparity between content and internal links on websites between mobile and desktop has a much, much more severe effect. So mm. lots of question marks. For Shopify, Core Web Vitals is important. Um, we uh, have some speed metrics already surfaced in the product. And uh, I think that's something that we want to continue to do and invest more in because we know the importance of speed for conversions. Even just outside of SEO, people want fast sites. And that's one yeah. of the things that won't change ever. And therefore, it's easy to say, okay, this is something we need to have on our radar and, and keep investing in. I guess it, it's, it's kind of a lot of things that you've just mentioned are actually, like you say, they are, they're conversion focused and what Google is doing with successive updates is kind of telling us what matters for conversion. So going to this utopia of Google just wants to serve the best site and that can often be seen as a cop-out answer a little bit like get the basics right but Google actually genuinely does just want to serve the best site so as long as we as SEOs are continually focusing on how to make more people buy from our stores when they land on our stores, then we're probably going to be in fairly good shape to be ranking and, and picking up organic traffic. Yeah, and that's that's a version or a view that I look at a lot of times where I'm saying, okay, there are multiple milestones of conversion. The first one is just simply a click through to your site, right? Like a click from the search results to your site is some form of a conversion, maybe a soft conversion. And then from there, a hard conversion would be to buy a product. But a soft conversion could be to sign up for a newsletter mm. or click through to your site. And that's a worldview that has been very helpful for me to just understand success better, but also understand bottlenecks and drop-offs better. So I think as SEOs, we sometimes get a bit too stifled on certain metrics by completely forgetting the different steps in the user journey. This kind of concept of user journey is also very fuzzy oftentimes. But uh, by just measuring these kind of touch points or these points of conversions, you all of a sudden get a very interesting view that when you optimize it or optimize for, um, you also see some SEO benefits. And I'm not, I'm not trying to imply that, that clicks or click rate necessarily is a ranking signal. But what I have observed anecdotally is that when you give people what they want, quote unquote, and the way that Google calls this narrator guidelines is 
um, meeting the user's needs. Mm. If you make that as easy as possible for them, you will often also see an improvement in your organic search and how Google measures that or what specifically plays a role there. That's something that I don't want to make um, assumptions for, but I have observed it anecdotally and it kind of makes sense, right? So I think to, to make a, a fuzzy concept a bit more tangible, right? By optimizing these different points of conversions, you'll definitely see an increase uh, in organic traffic, at least in conversions, you know, that's the worst thing that can happen. And yeah, just to, just to kind of play off on that even more is it kind of ties into something that we've noticed over the last few years where, again, going back to this concept of branded search and back in, you know, early 20 teens then it would be the best optimized search best optimized websites always ranked whereas today i mean just taking gymshark and as and as an example they'll rank for some product terms which they really don't have it doesn't look like they've put in the seo work to rank for those but for whatever reason whatever combination of reasons it is obviously huge branded search massive conversions massive click-through rates on any you know, probably on any terms that they're getting, they are ranking for them. And it seems to be like we're moving into a phase where just just getting the basics of business right on your website is a ranking factor. Um, but it's very difficult to quantify and it's very difficult to replicate for a business that's frustrated. They've got all their category page text right and they've written their buyer's guides and they're still being outranked by a huge brand that seems to be doing none of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely on point. And I've been putting a lot of effort into creating a lot of content around this idea of, of a new era of search where almost everything is on the line. And instead of saying we have this blueprint, we know exactly what to tweak on a site so it ranks better, we should maybe take a step back and say we have a high-level map of what plays a role. We know content, backlinks, experience, um, and so on plays a role. But everything else, let's test that and let's let's find ways to make the case for them instead of saying, I know exactly, like I deliver you this 100-page audit and you do all these things and everything will, will work out fine, right? I think mm. that is outdated and probably even risky and dangerous these days. So, um, and yeah, and at the same time, uh, what we should not forget is that when users search for something, they'll see a list of websites and they might know and recognize some of these sites. So it's, it's, it's almost like very simple and basic and so when mm. people look for athletic wear or men's shorts or uh, um, women's sneakers they might have they might trust a brand like gymshark and that trust is built mm. secondarily by seo and that's why i was so mm. bullish in the beginning to say leverage all the channels you know be present everywhere and build an audience in a community because that's exactly where it comes back to seo right? They'll see that Gymshark is one of the results that might have bought from Gymshark before and had a good experience, or they might just trust the brand because they work with an influencer that that person is looking uh, up to and they've been seeing that person on Instagram. And then they see that in the selection of results. I'm like, okay, I know Gymshark. Let me click on that. And then they might be hired to to convert on, on Gymshark. Mm. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what it comes back to where Google might be looking for a specific set of ranking signals that are hard for us to grasp sometimes. Um, then it might be looking at signals that we know are working. And then there's this third factor, which is just the, the human factor and which, which is influenced by these kind of um, hard to quantify things. And we don't have the tools today 
to really understand that fully. And that's the problem, right? That creates a lot of noise and confusion in our minds, but that's the, the, the harsh reality. Yeah, it was definitely a lot simpler back in the days of the, uh, the page rank toolbar, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was different. But Kevin, uh, that's, so, um, that's okay. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's a perfect way to sum up, isn't it? SEO has, for e-commerce has stayed the same, but it's also completely changed. It's another one of the, uh, <laughs> the, the Kevin double think uh, mantras, but, but, it's, <laughs> but it's absolutely perfect and you're spot on. Um, any p final parting advice for a, uh, a, a newcomer to Shopify or someone who's thinking of moving their site over to Shopify um, about how to, how to get it ranking? Like you've got this pearl of quotable wisdom to stick on Instagram. What do you tell them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic question. I think um, do the basics right. We talked about that extensively. Build an audience outside of your website and bring mm -hmm. it back to your website. Don't just address the bottom of the funnel, create content for the top of the funnel as well. And invest in video. I would say video will play a really strong role in e-commerce over the next five, 10, longer, maybe more years. Um, and when it comes to audience building and just getting people to prime to click on your results, I would certainly invest in video. Yeah, you mentioned Asia earlier, some super interesting stuff going on with e-commerce and video in Asia, isn't it? Like we've never, that's, that is a totally different ball game. That's one to come back to yeah. in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's going to come, right? Yeah. Like this idea of live streaming, live commerce, video commerce, uh, that is going to be a thing. And uh, if you think about that now, you, you might be one of the first movers. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. It sounds like you're getting stuck right in. Uh, we look forward to seeing the, uh, the Shopify SEO announcements this year. No pressure, but Robots TXT, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, man. It was a fantastic conversation and a pleasure to be on.